Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Do you need heavy equipment or farm equipment? Look no further than Southern Equipment and Parts in Laurel. We have a wide selection of new and used equipment from many top brands. We also offer parts, service, and rentals. Whether you're a contractor, farmer, or just need help around the house, we have what you need. Southern Equipment is your one-stop shop for all farm and heavy equipment. Visit us at 5237 Highway 84 West and southernequipparts.com or call 601-651-4555. Or free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. All right, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty and Luke Johnson. We're broadcasting from the Southern Bank Corps studio here in Hattiesburg and Laurel this afternoon as the baseball season has officially come to an end. Luke, how are you today? I I hope you survived the weekend and and doing well. Got a little better tan, Bob, but... um... Yeah, I mean, a, a historic season comes to a close. Hate for it to end one weekend um, previous. But, man, when you start looking at what this team accomplished, and that's really what we want to do today, um, Heath Hinton joining us in a few minutes. Patrick McGee from NOLA.com will join us here just in a minute. But uh, not just today, but, you know, just this week to reflect on what type of history uh, what a type of historic season it was. So we're live from the Southern Bancor Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel. Happy to have you on the Eagle Hour, whether you're listening to us live or in podcast form a little later. First segment every day brought to you by Dickie's Barbecue, located in a community near you. Dickie's cooked here, loved everywhere. We'll go down to New Orleans and start the show off with Patrick McGee making a Monday appearance on the Eagle Hour. And, and Patrick, let's just start it. At uh, at thirty thousand feet, and then and unpack uh, the super just a little more. Just your thoughts overall about the steps that Southern Miss baseball took this year on the national level. Well, it was it was pretty significant. Uh, you know, pitching wins championships, and this team put together one of the best pitching you know performances out of any team in the nation. And uh, you know, aside from you know the, the game one of this series. Yeah, it just didn't go Southern Miss's way. You know, and I thought yesterday they got enough pitching, just the bats weren't there. Elliott Ole Miss is really good. But overall, what this team accomplished uh, throughout the season was, was pretty darn strong. Um, you know, they were they didn't have to be perfect at the plate or in the field. Uh, the pitching was that darn good. I mean, they carried them uh, to this point, and, and uh, there's, there's no doubt. I mean, there have been a lot of good pitchers, Nick Sandlin, Todd McKinnis, uh, Walker Powell, you know, guys that have come through Southern Miss. Uh, but in terms of overall staff, this staff this season stands up, up above them all as the, the, the best pitching staff they've ever had at Southern Miss. Right, I, know Bob in, I know Bob in a few minutes wants to get into, uh, you know, some specifics with you. Bob, go ahead. You back? Yeah, I'm back. Um, well, you, you, both of you guys are right. Let, let's make a quick review. 47-19, and 23-7 in the conference. Conference champion again. NCAA regional champion, co-host, I mean, host a super regional, regional number four ranking in the country, 
640 win seasons plus, now the only D1 school in America to do that. All right, Patrick, I want to ask you this. I want you to tell me if this had any effect on uh, the, the Eagles' inability to beat Ole Miss. You go back to the end of the regular season and you start looking at tournament games. Southern Miss plays nine tournament games coming into the Super Regional and, and really every one close. Ole Miss plays three. They play one game in the SEC. They get basically a week's rest. They have three relatively easy games out in Miami. Was that a factor? Were, were the Golden Eagles, did they appear to you to be a team that perhaps was a bit fatigued this weekend? No, I wouldn't say fatigued. Uh, I, I just think, I mean, yeah, I, I, I'm, uh, Southern Miss had played a lot of baseball coming in compared to Ole Miss. Uh, you know, LSU, I mean, it was, Southern Miss did not make it easy on themselves. Uh, all the way back to the conference tournament, uh, then to the Hattiesburg Regional. Uh, you know, they, they had some losses that kind of made things kind of add up. And, and yeah, coming in, they were probably, <laughs> it, they weren't at their best. Let's put it that way in terms of overall energy and, and just that. So, yeah, I, I would think it probably plays a small part, but I think that's well down the line. I, I think, they just showed up, and, and, and Ole Miss pitched really, really well, and, and the Southern Miss bats just didn't respond. I mean, that's what it came down to. And that's something they have to address in the offseason. And, and we've got some we've got some breaking news. I'll go ahead and say it now. Graham Crawford, really outstanding high school catcher out of Sumrall who signed with Alabama, a switch-hitting catcher, has announced uh, this morning that he is transferring to Southern Miss, and uh, and and we hear we hear from a very very good source that barring something unexpected in the major league draft, uh, Tate Parker, the home run uh, king down at Pearl River Community College, appears headed here as well. Uh, good sticks, both of those kids. Uh, one for sure coming. One it, it looks very likely like he may. And in that Patrick, what they have to address in the offseason, some some. Better hitting overall, and so I think some offensive depth off the bench as well. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it, that's that's really kind of uh, just the depth in the lineup. This was a team kind of from the outset, and Barry and, and company knew it. You know, they were going to have nine guys they put on the field, and those were going to be their nine guys. They just didn't have the uh, the the overall depth to kind of pull in guys if somebody got down a little bit. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it is the lineup where they have to address at the plate. Uh, they have to get guys that are going to go up there and compete every every time up, uh, and and have you know have a good approach at the plate and be a threat. You know, uh, if the, Tate Parker does indeed go there, that's that's a big old bat. I mean, he's got lots of power, big strong guy. I covered him in high school at West Harrison, uh, and and uh, he and his brother really really kind of carried that program. I mean, he they really kind of turned that program around themselves. And now Tate Parker coming in as JUCO national champion. Uh, Parker's a guy that can really make a difference, no doubt about it. I mean, he knows how to win base, baseball games, and, and he's a guy that could play center field, probably play all three positions out there. Um, so, yeah, I, that that would be a huge ad if they get him in, but no doubt about it, you've got to get uh, – uh, I don't – you know, you have to get better in the lineup, be more consistent there, and if you have that additional threat in there, power-wise, that makes a big difference. Luke? Patrick, I want to get your overall thoughts because really five of the six years he was in Hattiesburg, you covered him. I was really mm-hmm. happy in the eighth yesterday to see Gabe Montenegro end his career with a with a pretty good single out the center field. And you know, just thinking about what that kid has meant 
to Southern Miss baseball, um, not just in longevity, but fan favorite and uh, just your thoughts about Gabe Montenegro concluding his career? Yeah, I was I was happy to see him have one of the better uh, weekends of all the Southern Miss guys in the lineup. He went up there and had some had some good at bats. It wasn't the best season for Gabe, but overall, uh, you see what he did. I always remember what he did in the Baton Rouge Regional. Uh, you could have made a case that he was the MVP back in 2019, even though Southern Miss came up short in that regional. He was outstanding, and and he came through so many times when Southern Miss really needed it uh, in the regular season and the postseason. Uh, uh, Gabe Montenegro, uh, he leaves with quite the uh, uh, the list of accomplishments, and he was there for a long time. And gosh, it feels you know it feels like we had a decade of Montenegro, and and uh, he's leaving. And uh, I'm glad he was able to be part of a team that got to that super regional round. And happy to say, guys, Gabe will be in the studio with us tomorrow here on the Eagle Hour. So Good we're stuff. gonna we're gonna have an extended interview. Go ahead, Luke. Good stuff. Um, this team, other than Riggins, Montenegro, and Boyd, and hopefully nobody's going to you know shake money at at uh, an NIL Wild West money at some of our guys. But I mean, Patrick, there's an argument to be made that this team could be a, a preseason top ten team next year with with everybody that's coming back plus those additions. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, if they can keep this core together, uh, keep this staff together, and improve on the lineup. Top ten, no question about it. Uh, they're going to be considered a national title contender if they can improve on on the lineup that they put together this season. Get better in the field, get better in the outfield. Uh, just do some different things and and just slight upgrades. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be a dramatic overhaul. It just has to be something that's that's better built to win in the postseason. You know, whenever your pitcher doesn't necessarily have it. You know, uh, if somebody was a little bit off out of the bullpen or out of the the or the starting pitcher, it was just tough for Southern Miss sometimes to, to, to battle. They really had to battle it out. And it, the uh, room for error was just that much smaller in the conference tournament and in the postseason. So it just made it a little tougher on themselves. they got to do something to really kind of uh, put the pressure on the opponents a little bit more at the plate. Patrick, I'm absolutely disgusted by the fact that we're having to concern ourselves with other colleges coming in here and throwing money at players to leave, this is supposed to be amateur athletics. Yeah, it's, you know it's been headed this way for a long time. And in college baseball, you would like to see at least it kind of stay out of the picture. And college baseball kind of keep going. And in the end, the, the money that's going to be offered uh, on the college baseball level isn't going shouldn't be life changing money that we're talking about. But any little bit can help a family or a kid who's in a tough financial spot. Um, but I, I'm of the belief that I don't see any huge changes for college baseball in terms of NIL anytime real soon. I'm, I'm skeptical on that point. Not saying it will happen in the future, but I don't just don't see it right now. Bob, to this is why this is why we have the deep pockets of Kelly Santer in our corner. This yeah, is we're hoping. Help, yeah, help we're who is it Aruba as we speak? So Patrick, uh, Patrick, just literally about 15 seconds. But I mean, where Southern Miss baseball is at this moment is the highest nationally like perception of a Southern Miss sport in quite some time. Yeah, no doubt. I know the guys wanted to show up a little bit more over the weekend and play a little bit better, but they've established Southern Miss as, without a doubt, one of the major powers outside of the Power Five conferences. All right, Patrick, thanks for the extra segment. I guess the guys will be calling you Wednesday again. I'll be out, but we appreciate you as always, my friend. All right, thanks, guys. Patrick McGee, everybody. Nola.com. I've had so many people call me today, Luke, and the first thing they say to me, you okay? 
Yes, yes, I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm okay. We're going to talk to Heath Hinton next. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. I want to thank uh, Southern Bank Corps for sponsoring our studios here in Hattiesburg and Laurel. Grateful to them. Also want to say thank you to our good friends at Dickie's Barbecue Pit. We appreciate everything that they do for the Eagle Hour and, of course, Southern Miss Athletics and our our one of our very best friends, Kathleen at Campus Bookmark, had such a good time down there uh, last Thursday with a two-hour Eagle Hour Campus Bookmark. Such a hey, great place, yes. She got on to me Friday for not being there Thursday. So what did I do? I got me a fresh Southern Miss button-up shirt. White. There you go. I wore it yesterday, Bob. I saw you were looking sharp. Job. Yeah, you were looking it sharp. It breathed extremely You well. were looking sharp. Mo Beignet, uh, the official beignet store of the Eagle Hour on Hardy Street, right across the street from the uh, Southern Miss campus. If you like beignets... If you like those New Orleans beignets, well, they're right here in Hattiesburg on Hardy Street. They're absolutely awesome. Have you had one, Luke Johnson? You have, haven't you? Yes. I actually, I haven't had like a, quote, fresh one, like, yeah. like immediately out of it, but mm. in the roost. Mm. I got mm-hmm. one that had been there for a few minutes, and it was just as good. It, no it was question. phenomenal. Golden Eagle baseball season ends, but what a magical ride. 47-19, and 19, conference champions, regional champions, host the regional and the super regional. And day one after the season ends, it appears that Scott Berry's hard at work on next year. Heath Hinton from Big Gold Nation joins us. And the big breaking story, Graham Crawford, outstanding catcher at Alabama, official now. He's transferring to the Golden Eagles, Heath. Yeah, I mean, a young man that, uh, didn't play a lot last year. Uh, got two years of eligibility left, I believe, because of the COVID rules. Um, but it, it, this is just a – let's just look at his uh, last full season at Pearl River. Played in 44 games, batted 323, had 15 home runs, 49 RPIs, 10 stolen bases, scored 48 runs, uh, a position that we saw at catcher that maybe uh, – couple of pass balls here in the postseason probably didn't help the Eagles' chances much, but um, a guy that come in filling some depth. And, look, Coach Berry's already proactive. Day after season ends, you got to start getting ready for next year. All right, and, and we mentioned earlier, uh, we got from a really close source that uh, it looks like Tate Parker, the big center fielder from Pearl River Community College, barring something unexpected in the Major League Draft, had us here, that would be another huge piece. Oh, it would be. It would be a huge piece, and it's a power bat. Team uh, guy that hits home runs but hits for average. Um, And from the catcher position, those just don't come up very often. So if you can find a catcher that can hit for average and power, you better jump on him. Right. And then Parker is a center fielder. So, uh, you know, that's a, that's a position uh, that the Golden Eagles will be looking to fill. So we'll keep you we, – we get anything official on Tate Parker, we're going we're gonna to pass that along. All right, Heath Hinton, that brings up this question for me. Uh, who off this Golden Eagle roster is eligible for the draft? What, what danger would you see from the Major League Draft? Uh, you look at people like McGillis and Lynch and 
I guess Sargent's probably eligible. Uh, Johnson, he would probably be eligible. And outfield Ewing, um, that's it. Um, Waldrop and, and um, of course, Hall is not – I don't – neither one of those are uh, eligible to be drafted. I think you could possibly see the everybody returning but three players, and that's going to be uh, Gabe in center field, Hunter starting pitching, and Drew Boyd as a relief pitcher. Everybody else should be back next year. Well, let me let me tell you this. We uh, interviewed uh, Will McGillis's dad, uh, the former athletic director, yesterday out at Pete Taylor Park. That'll air Wednesday when Luke and Kay, Luke is handling the show. And uh, I'm not going to say what he said, but he did reveal exactly what's going to happen uh, with Will McGillis, whether or not uh, Will is coming back or his career is over. He he does get his master's degree this year if that. Gives you any indication how smart the kid is, but uh, it'll be a great interview. He's going to talk about being on the uh, the baseball selection committee starting next year as well, and what is the future of Will McGillis? Okay, uh, well, give us your summary, Heath. Uh, sum it up for us. I just thought it was a fantastic season. Look, Southern Miss did things this season that they've never done. You got a top five uh, ranking. Yeah, you hosted. Uh, a regional won that, hosted the Super Regional. Never done that. You know, you take steps. You look at teams like Notre Dame who have taken steps and now they're in the College World Series. You look at other teams, it's steps, it's a journey, and I think this team's only going to be better next year. I think with some of the pieces they got coming in, I think with uh, what they have returning, especially on the mound and in the bullpen, I, I think that – that this team is going to do nothing but get better. I, I think they'll possibly be a top ten preseason ranked team. Yeah, Luke. Yeah, I, I'm with I'm with you the same way. It's just gonna it's just gonna depend, you know, what pieces don't come back. I think that I think Dalton Rogers um, is a guy who has a uh, an opportunity to be drafted. I would hate to lose him because he kind of filled the the void that you know Ock left last year. Heath, let's let's be honest. Let's talk some about. NIL and transfers. Um, Tanner Hall obviously, um, you know, could be a, a target. Uh, you know, all these rumors floating around about LSU. It, it's is Hurston Waldrop. I mean, are we talking about somebody coming after him? Or uh, you really don't know about these things, so they really, you know, just happen. Who else might be targeted? You know, in that way, even though it's real fuzzy about how you target players. Correct. Um, and and I think also. We're going to know this pretty quick because the new athletic uh, um, calendar starts on July 1st. Is that right? Yeah. You're going to know pretty quick. Um, Look, this is the day and age of sports we live in. Uh, The transfer portal and NIL are things you got to look out for. This isn't going to be something that just happens this year. It's going to keep happening until the NCAA does something about it. Um, you're going to have to watch out for that if you're a if you're a school like Southern Miss and you've got stars, and other schools have NIL uh, potential. It's going to happen. That's 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 part of it, and the NCAA has allowed this to happen. So, you know what you got to do is you got to hope, especially with pitchers. You know the relationship they have with Coach O. Um, you got to hope that, that remains that that's the key because. You know, it's because of his direction, what these kids have – I'm not going to say totally, but he's really such a developer of pitchers. And you got some guys on this staff that can pitch to the next level. 
do you really want to leave that? I, I mean, it's just it's going to be a it's going to be an interesting time next two weeks to see what happens. But this is Luke, Bob. This something's going to happen every year now. Yeah, that you're going to have to deal with this. And I hate to say it's not. It, you shouldn't have to deal with it. This isn't college. This isn't amateur sports, but. I mean, it's free agency without a cap until the NCAA does something about it. And what do you say the next two weeks? Uh, July 1st, I believe, is when they have to uh, turn their name into the portal for spring sports, if I'm okay. not mistaken. Because that's where, that's where the official you know, okay. schedule would, would end. Um, yeah, I just want to say this, uh, and, and we made this point last segment with, with Patrick McGee-Heath, is that what Southern Miss did this year is they're, they're now – when you host a, a super, you're the only you know uh, program in the country with six straight 41 seasons. So you're in the upper yeah. echelon of, of of power guys now. Like this is a power program, and I think those guys need to keep that in mind that they have a home in Hattiesburg, they have a spot in a rotation, they have a spot in a lineup. And if you go somewhere else, you're not promised those things. And I think you know specifically both of those guys, Hall and Waldrop, coming back could just further make the statement that Southern Miss baseball does not exist as a minor league team to develop and then hand over talent to Power 5 programs. And I think this is a great opportunity in this offseason to show what Southern Miss baseball is nationally. Your thoughts about that? I agree with you totally. I think Southern Miss is is on the national scene, has been on the national scene for a while, but really – uh, put themselves in place as as a power on the national scene. Uh, I think going into the new conference in the Sun Belt, where that conference in baseball, I don't care what people say, it's probably going to be the maybe the third, fourth best conference in baseball next year. It's going to be exciting. You got to place in rotation. It's going to have a lot of eyes on you. I mean, right now they're you're in a great situation. If you're Southern Miss, that's what you have to tell people. You're in a situation. You're in a good situation. You're in a situation where you're going to have eyes on you. You don't have to go anywhere else anymore to have eyes on you with Southern Miss baseball because Southern Miss baseball is a national power. No question. 746 strikeouts, 181 base on balls. Pitching staff gave up only 39 home runs all year. Heath Hinton, if you aspire to play professional baseball – why would you want to leave a pitching staff like that and a team like this? Because clearly every scout's going to be watching this pitching staff next year. Well, yeah, but you look at what Southern Miss has in the pros. They've got pitchers in the pros. They've got Matt Walner, who's tearing it up at the uh, at the minor league level right now. He's He's been on fire. Uh, McCarty, Sandlin, Southern Miss gets guys to the pros. And that's the ultimate goal. So you it's a Southern Miss is in a great situation, and I don't think if you're a player, you're looking at Southern Miss going, and I can get to the prize if I go here. Other places, I can't. Right. So I think with what Coach Barry's done with the players that have been here, I just think Southern Miss is in a great situation right now. All right, Heath and Big Old Nation, thanks, buddy. Thank you, buddy. Y'all have a good one. All right. Gabe Montenegro in the studio with us tomorrow for much of the show. Going to talk about his incredible career here at Southern Miss. We'll be right back.
Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Fourth Street Bar and Grill sponsors this segment of the Eagle Hour. Had lunch down there again last week. Fantastic club sandwich. Absolutely uh, delicious. More than more than I can eat. That says a lot. Uh, my wife had the BLT. She said it was as good as a homemade one. Fourth Street Bar and Grill. Nine ninety five lunch. Great sandwiches. Great people. Kelly Sander joins us from uh, way away. Kelly's on vacation, but being the dedicated man he is to the Eagle Hour, he joins us. And Kelly, let me can we go ahead and tell you while you're here because I haven't seen you this weekend to tell you it's official now. Starting uh, one day this week, we'll uh, get you the day. The technical stuff is now being worked out. The uh, Super Talk Eagle Hour. Returns to the Mississippi Gulf Coast on WOSM-FM, the Super Talk station for the beautiful Mississippi Gulf Coast and the Eagle Hour back there weekdays at 1 o'clock. We're grateful uh, to our bosses uh, for allowing that to happen. Cannot wait to start delivering this show every day to the huge Southern Miss fan base down on the Gulf Coast. Kelly Sander. Bob, the, the o, it's W-O-S-M. The O-S-M is for Ocean Springs, Mississippi. I right? think that is correct, yes. I think yeah. you're right. Gotcha. All right, Kelly, we want to talk to you about the Super Regional and uh, get your get your take on that. But real quickly, I, I know that you know both of these kids. Graham Crawford from Summerall, you've told me you thought was the best high school catcher you had ever seen. Coming to Southern Miss, it's official, uh, from the University of Alabama. And the uh, sources are telling us that uh, – Barring a real high draft choice, uh, Tate Parker, the big hitter from Pearl River Community College, very likely coming here as well. What would those two kids mean to this roster? Well, I think I think one of the things that uh, that Eagles learned this weekend is, and look, we're nitpicking here. Okay, this was a great team that was just a couple wins away from going to a World Series, so we are nitpicking here. But but if you talk to Southern fans all throughout the year, they said, well, you know, if we have a weakness, we could sure use some punch in the lineup, right? Well, both of these guys would provide more than a punch. Graham Crawford is indeed the best high school catcher I've ever seen in 40 years. Out of Summerall High School, this is a power hitter from both sides. He's a switch-hitting catcher, which is a rarity to begin with. Has a cannon of an arm, all right, and runs like the wind. And again, the most important thing about Crawford, too, probably, is his durability. This is a three-year starter at Summerall High School, and never missed a game, never won because of an injury. So that shows you about his durability. Went to went to Pearl River, had a terrific uh, career, and then wound up at wound up at Alabama. You know, we've talked about how recruiting is an inexact science, and sometimes things don't work out. You know, the way they're supposed to work out. Because I, I just you know, people go, well, why didn't Southern Miss recruit him? Again, it's everything is out of need, right? And. Um, and at the time, the Eagles didn't need a catcher, but apparently they feel like they, they need one now, and and uh, deal's been, well, I said deal's been struck, but you know what I mean. Graham Crawford is headed home to the University of Southern Mississippi, which he's thrilled to death to be there. He just broke it on Twitter about a half an hour ago that that is indeed happening. All right, now Tate Parker uh, from Pearl River Community College. Pearl River, of course, just won the national championship. The uh, Wildcats are sending four kids to South Alabama. Off of that team, they've got one going to Troy, and I think one to Louisiana Lafayette. So other Sun Belt guys are headed off of that Pearl River team to the Sun Belt. But Tate Parker was was committed to South Alabama last year, but then it looked like he was uh, he was going to get drafted. But then because of the COVID situation, it messed up the draft. So he got one more year at Pearl River. Now, unless he gets a real if he gets drafted high this year, then he probably won't. But as our sources have told us, if that doesn't happen. 
he will wind up at Southern Miss. This is a guy that runs like the wind in the outfield, runs like a deer. Again, a three-year starter at Pearl River and set the career home run record at Pearl River. Good and you're stuff. talking about a baseball program that's been in existence about 70 years. Yeah, good so stuff. So this guy is really, really good. And they would both be big big gets for Southern Miss. All right, let's get to the regional and uh, super regional. Luke, let me ask you this. Uh, Saturday's 3 to nothing, Ole Miss. Reese Ewing hits what appears to be a grand slam. I think in retrospect, if you really look at it, all the replays and what, it was the right call. But it goes back to kind of what Hill Denson told us uh, earlier, that, you know, the, the game is just a game of inches. So let's say it's fouled by three or four inches. If that ball's inside three or four inches and that grand slam takes place and it's four to three, it seems to me that really sets a different tone. And I thought the fact that it did not, it did not go through fair – Set the tone in a negative sense. The Golden Eagles seem to have lo- they seem to lose their concentration for an inning when they came back on the field, and I really thought in many ways that was hard to say, but I th- I thought in many ways that was the turning point of the Super Regional. It, it really was. It, the the ball was foul, no doubt, for a couple of reasons. You go back and and use the the super slow replay. You see it going in front of the pole, and the roost told you the whole thing too. I mean, I, I know a lot of friends out there right behind the foul pole. They're like, "Hey, bro, it went in front, you know, like four or five feet." So, yeah. You didn't get hosed on that, but what you did was it wasn't just that. It was the next pitch you strike out with the bases loaded. That was – it was two demoralizing things that happened on two straight pitches. They come back, hit you in the mouth of the seventh spot. And and for me, and, and Kelly, I, I want to be objective today. I mean, this this is the hottest team in the country right now with Ole Miss. Southern Miss um, probably didn't have, hasn't seen a one-two punch like Delucia Elliott all year, um, back-to-back. And, and, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, Delucia came in. He, uh, he struck out nine. And uh, Dougherty came in and struck out one. Then yesterday, um, uh, Hunter Elliott, I mean, the game of his life, man, 10 strikeouts. So they, they really went through the Southern Miss lineup. And Southern Miss Kelly had their worst two days of the year on back-to-back days in the Super Regional at home. And, again, this is, this is an Ole Miss team, you guys, that was, was you know preseason number one in some of the different polls. So it's not like the outsiders looking in didn't think this team had the ability to play as well as, as it is playing right now. They just hadn't until now. And unfortunately, the three teams that they've played in the regional, and Bob, they've, they've run the table, right? Correct. They swept Arizona. The, who, the, Arizona, the, Miami, and Southern Miss. Yeah, they've swept them all. So, I mean, this is the preseason number one that has gotten hot at the right time. And I'm not just going to say they got hot. I mean, it's a talented team. Very but talented. They've just, yeah, they've just decided to play as well as they can at the right time. And unfortunately, Southern Miss was in the wrong place and, at the wrong time. And for Ole Miss, I mean, half the season they didn't have this rotation. And when they got right. when when Bianco swapped the uh, the rotation around, that's when they started, you know, playing better. And so, yeah, I mean, it, it's unfortunate. It was really hard yesterday out in the roost watching them dogpile on our field. That was. Extremely difficult. Yeah, and actually, actually, that's three and zero this year on our field. Yeah, Ole Miss—they won the regular season game here as well. Right. So they've figured out there's no Pete Taylor magic, but the Rebels are concerned. At least, you know, at least not not, this year. Right. But I I felt like so. I I totally felt like the that game one. Even if you don't get the the grand slam, 
I mean, Eagles still left eight on base. I felt like that was like an 8-4 game, a 7-3 game. You look at 10 nothing. you look at the box score, you say, well, they got their butts whipped. Yesterday, it was a couple funky plays. They gave Ole Miss a couple couple runs. And then, I mean, Eagles had, had an opportunity. I mean, they were half of the game of game one, they were in it. Uh, up until about the uh, even the eighth inning, I mean, you got the bases loaded with Peto up two outs, but they just couldn't string things together, Kelly. And and look, they didn't score a run in either game. I mean, who are you going to beat? I mean, if you, you know, <laughs> the best you can do is tie, right? Um, That's a pretty so good point, Center. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you got to score at least one. Um, uh, and so, look, I mean, this is the this is pretty much the day after, so to speak, and already. The, the baseball coaches are recruiting players. I mean, you know, two announcements that we've made here today, it looks like Tate Parker, unless he gets drafted highly, would be headed to Southern Miss. Graham Crawford, a really good defensive catcher. People are going to love Graham Crawford. I'm telling you, this, this, guy's, this guy's the real deal, in my opinion. But, and he's but I mean, right even, in the backyard. even thinking about yesterday, Sargent gets the triple. Gabe yeah. laces one. If Tim Elko is, you know, six one, not six three, <laughs> we got to run. We're up one to nothing. I mean, it, it was yeah. a combination of Ole Miss pitch lights out, and that was really us going in. What we were saying, how was the Ole Miss lineup going to, you know, how are they going to fare up against our best? And it turned out to be the actually opposite. It was we couldn't figure out their best. We didn't get a break all weekend. We we couldn't hit the baseball. And uh, when we did, it was right at people. Well, and, and, it was just... and short of short of, I do think there was a huge letdown after that apparent grand slam that was foul. Lost concentration for an inning. They put up a seven spot, like Luke says. You take that inning out, and I, I we pitched well enough to win the games. But you just you've got to score runs, Kelly. You can't leave the bases loaded with one out. And we did. We left the bases. I want to say three times and didn't score. Uh, eighth inning of the last game, bases loaded, one out. You strike out. You pop up. You play an Ole Miss. You're going to lose when you do that. And you know when you, when you look at the whole season, Bob. I mean, Southern Miss. Like I said, this is a great team that won a lot of games. But this was not just an, an endemic of this weekend. They did that uh, all year long. They did that a lot. You're right. Yeah, they right. left a lot of guys on base all year long and didn't get the key hit. But they're good. They've been good enough to overcome it. It's just you're deep enough in the talent pool now that you couldn't get away with it. Right. But you know, look at you got Tennessee, who supposedly you know everybody. Oh, this is the no, greatest pitching correct, staff ever. Right, right, right. Well, they're sitting at home too. That's right. And all, all, uh, Notre Dame uh, was a, a servant of public justice in doing that. While we're complaining about things, or if we want to complain, the NCAA should not allow uh, allow two teams to play when the field temperature is over 140 percent correct all right kelly thanks go put the speedo back on and go to the beach and we'll talk to you later this week all right guys to the top kelly Santer, everybody live from an undisclosed location in the caribbean <laughs> what a, what a thought we'll be back Southern Miss to the top. Final segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you by D-Bat and D-1 Training. It is hot outside. 
but they have indoor facilities at both D-Bat and D-1. Softball machines, hitting machines, baseball hitting machines, indoor um, workout facility. Everything you need to work out in what we will call air-conditioned agony. It's all there. It's too hot outside to do it. So go see our friends at DBAT and D1 on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. Luke and Bob from the Southern Bancorp studio in Hattiesburg. And Laurel, we told you on Friday, track and field competing in the NCAA championships. And uh, the official close of track and field uh, the same weekend as, as baseball wraps up. Corbell Todd, a second team All American. Marquesha Myers, honorable mention. All-American. Corvell Todd, the third Golden Eagle in three consecutive years to be an All-American in the high jump. Marquesha Myers in the uh, triple jump. And we're going to have Coach uh, John Stewart on later this week to talk about that. Absolutely incredible to have both uh, a male and uh, a female member of the track and field team competing for national championships great stuff and always appreciate uh, coach stewart coming on and, and talking to us um like he does all right bob um the official countdown now 17 days 10 hours five minutes and 14 seconds until southern miss officially leaves conference usa and enters the Sun Belt. and if anything was more telling so it was a picture i think it was from one of the student prince guys he put it on twitter um the sun had not gone down yet at pete taylor park and on the old backstop where they've got, you know, a couple of the sponsors and that big NCAA logo, right to the left of it for many years has been the Conference USA logo. But, Bob Getty, <laughs> what happened before the sun went down yesterday? It magically vanished. It's no longer there. I don't know if Ole Miss <laughs> took it with them. I don't know what happened, but uh, but it's not there, Luke. The Conference USA logo no longer on the backstop. At Pete Taylor Park, and uh, in 17 days, I'm sure there will be a lovely Sunbelt Conference. I was I was leaving yesterday, Bob, going um, going to my truck and and past some Ole Miss guys, and and I we had some real cordial Ole Miss fans behind us in the grandstands. They actually um, were passing around water for people to dip their their uh, their towels in, and and I, I made the comment. Uh, I said, "Hey, after last weekend, you know, I won't really talk too bad about State or Ole Miss fans again." But I was talking to these two uh, th- these two guys. Uh, Ole Miss guys, and, and they were just asking about the transition from uh, from Conference USA and the Sun Belt, and I was just kind of you know spelling it out to them, and I'm telling you what, th- this is going to be a top four baseball conference. Some years it could be a top three baseball conference. No and let me just tell you, if we don't win 47 games next year, you don't need to freak out because this is there's good teams in Conference USA. We saw it this year, but you're about to get. You know, whereas uh, we would we would eye what three or four teams yes. in Conference USA as yes. you're gonna that's gonna expand to about six in the Sun Belt that could possibly be competing. Yes. Texas State should have won the Stanford Regional, um, and you know this is a, a conference they got four in the tournament this year. So man, I tell you what, I'm excited about it. Couple observations for me before we get gone. Uh, 
absolutely no comparison between the LSU fan base and the Ole Miss fan base. It was like having a it was like having a bunch of visiting gentlemen and ladies in your stadium after what we experienced uh, a week ago. Uh, so kudos to the Ole Miss fans. I, I thought that uh, they came and cheered for their team, which obviously they should. Uh, but their behavior was perfectly acceptable and uh, nothing nothing like we had experienced a week before. And Luke Johnson, I had a lot of people ask me this question yesterday. And I didn't really have an answer, but in light of in light of the almost dangerous uh, heat situation, why in the world would the NCAA have not allowed the schools to push those games back to maybe six o'clock, where where not only the players but the fans could have been in a much more comfortable environment? It's TV. I mean, that's all it is. It, it's TV. We were on ESPNU over the weekend, and it's amazing that rain can stall a baseball game, but uh, you know, one thirty plus field temps uh, do not. And you know, it was last night. You know, they, they kind of messed up on some of the East Carolina Texas stuff. But you know, I, when when they were playing, I know that wasn't the original starting time, but I was watching some of that game. It was seventy three degrees in Greenville. That's crazy. Yeah, it's, 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 hey, I will say this, jo- Jody Lott. Uh, might might uh, object to this just a little bit, me as well. Uh, there were a couple knuckleheads that cheered for uh, the Land Sharks um, out in uh, the roost, uh, especially mm-hmm. in that late home run. Mm-hmm. Um, one guy who did not remember that he was in Hattiesburg pr- proceeded to throw liquid all over some of our fans. Um, the roost uh, confronted him and dealt with him accordingly. So uh, that just let's let you know. <laughs> and, but, um, and I understand one was ejected. Actually, one one I think it was more than one that was removed. They from did. That area. They were not eating Mobe beignets. I guarantee no, you that much. You're if they would have been. We would have taken the beignets from them and then handed them over security, and they'd have eased on Correct. out. Mobe beignet. I think I may go get some tonight. Hmm. All right, baseball is over. It was a great season, everybody. So rest up, give yourselves a couple of days, and then you'll be able to think back with a big smile on your face of how entertaining and wonderful those kids were for all of us. All you know long. what it is now, Bob? What's that? Starting today, beat liberty. Yes, that's exactly right. Gabe Montenegro joins us in the studio tomorrow to talk about his six-year career as a Golden Eagle. Bill McGillis on the show Wednesday. Lots to tune in for all week long. We hope you will. Tomorrow at 1 o'clock, Southern Miss. To the top. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.